My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. If you are visiting with us this morning, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get to know you better. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is you can fill out a Connect card that's in the seat back in front of you. And if you'd be willing to turn that in at the Welcome Center in the lobby where we have some uh, welcome signs and it's where the flat screen TV TV is, one of our lovely and talented uh, Welcome Center hosts would be uh, happy to give you a free gift this morning. It's nothing special. It's just a little token of our gratitude to say we are glad that you're here and we'd love to connect with you and find out a little bit more about who you are. We'll have some coffee in the lobby as well, so we'd encourage you to hang out after the service is over and don't rush off too quickly. Uh, it is good to be together for me because uh, myself and several other staff members have uh, been in Chicago for a week for our annual Midwinter Pastors Conference, so it's always good to come home after that. We had a great week. Uh, we heard some wonderful speakers. We had uh, Chicago pizza, uh, deep dish stuffed pizza. Oh, it was so good. Uh, but we had a great time. Uh, one of the moving moments for me is our, our president, Gary Walter, is retiring this year after 10 years of, of leading our denomination, and he was able to share a very moving update to the pastors. And one of the things that he said that, 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 that I, I've heard him say before, but it stood out for me again, is he says, uh, the covenant church that we're a part of is, is kind of this really small, obscure denomination that not many people have heard of but who consistently fights above its weight class, right? I, I love that. The, the Covenant Church is, is a, a small, obscure denomination that not many people have heard of, and Faith Covenant Church could be kind of put in that category as well. You know, we're not a, a huge church, but, but we're, we're, we're not really well known in the community outside of Sumner. I mean, when I was in Chicago and people say, oh, Kurt, I haven't seen you in so long. Where are you serving now? I'm like, I'm in Sumner, Washington. They're like, where's that? never heard of it before. But I would also like to suggest that I think that Faith Covenant Church, although it might be small and obscure in the larger world of church, consistently fights above its weight class. God is doing some amazing things in and through the lives and the ministries of you all. And and I just want you to know that we should celebrate that and we should recognize the ways that God is active and moving in the lives and the relationships of people here at Faith Covenant Church. Today, we are excited to celebrate another year of life and ministry completed. We had our, our annual meeting celebration uh, just before this in, uh, in Snelling Hall. We heard some God stories uh, about the ways that God is working, and we're going to hear some more today. We've invited several people to come and share uh, about where they are experiencing God in the life and ministries of Faith Covenant Church. But before we invite them to come, I just wanted to take some time to, to remind ourselves why we are taking all this time and effort to to cast a mission and a vision for where we see God leading us in the future. It's not about us trying to become a big church. It's not about us trying to, uh, to, to be so great in the world's eyes that, oh, everybody wants to go to Faith Covenant because that's where you go if you're cool, if you're hip, if you want to... Ha- that, that's not why we're doing all of this. For us, it's about trying to pursue God's calling in our life and to be genuine followers of Jesus, to pursue Christ's mission in the world. Because as we understand the Bible, we understand that that's why the church exists, right? We, we are called to be followers of Jesus. We're not called to be followers of, of Pastor Kurt or Pastor Dick. We're not called to be followers of, of one church or even one denomination. We are called to be followers of Jesus Christ. 
And if we're truly following Jesus, then the Bible says that we should be on mission with Jesus, pursuing the mission that he gave his disciples to fulfill. Now, we also recognize that whatever ministry, ministry we do for God has to come out of the overflow of what God is already doing in our lives. Because we understand that, that when we come to Christ and we uh, pursue God's mission in the world, it's not about how good we are. It's about sharing our stories and our testimony about how good God is in our lives. Therefore, in order for us to fulfill our mission and our vision as a church, we have to start by learning how to love one another well, so that as we reach out to the world around us, it comes out of the overflow of what God is already doing in our hearts and in our lives. The Apostle Paul said it this way in his letter to the church in Ephesus, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now, as, as we look at these words of Paul, Paul, I mean, there's a lot packed into a very short space there, right? In some ways, it, it's, it's somewhat poetic. In some ways, it's, it's kind of repetitive. But, but let me just start by suggesting that, that right from the beginning, Paul is identifying himself as a prisoner. He's suggesting that he has been imprisoned for preaching this good news message of Jesus in the world. Now, while we can be extremely grateful for all of the ways that God blesses us and all the benefits that come from, from saying yes to Jesus and accepting God in our lives, it's also important for us to remember that saying yes to Jesus doesn't always mean that our life is going to be easy or, 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 or get better. Sometimes it means that life might become more difficult. Life might become more challenging because what happens is when we say yes to Jesus, we put ourselves in polar opposition to the very culture in which we live that doesn't care what Jesus says, that isn't pursuing God's best for their lives, and often will be in conflict with the very world around us. That doesn't make life always easier, and sometimes it makes it more challenging. Yes, God wants to bless us in Jesus, but God wants us to understand that that blessing comes as we enter into the kingdom of God and pursue his mission in the world. His blessings in our lives aren't always about making us comfortable and happy and content. They're often about shaking us up and challenging us to grow in our faith, to become more mature in our character, and to pursue God more in our lives and in our community. Let me suggest this morning that either way, whether, whether we feel blessed by God with, with a season of, of comfort and happiness, or we're in a season of challenge and difficulty, and, and, and we're forced to grow in our faith, we believe that the Bible says that whatever your current experience of life is, we can believe that God is good. Amen? And if we believe that God is good, then it doesn't matter whether what we're experiencing in the moment is good or bad. We believe that God can take what we're experiencing it and turn it for our good and for his glory. 
which that gives us faith and confidence to endure through times of difficulty, knowing that we have a Savior, knowing that that's why Jesus came, is that he can redeem even the worst parts of life in this world. And in the end, at the end of history, all of those things will be redeemed and made good for us and for the kingdom of God. That's why Paul says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, in the Greek, the the word instead of live is actually the word walk. Literally, you could say that Paul says, walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Now, if you've been here at all for a while, you know that discipleship is not one of the things that we do, but it's the one thing that we do. And everything that we do is about discipleship. And that's kind of one of those Christianese words, right? Discipleship. Well, disciple is simply a student. It's a learner. When we become disciples, it's basically saying that we have said yes to follow Jesus and to learn from him and to be his apprentices. To, to be under his rule and authority in our lives and to learn from him. Now, in, in that aspect, walking with Jesus isn't necessarily an invitation to a, an easy stroll in the park, right? Sometimes it's nice to stroll in the park and Jesus meets us there. But, but the life of walking with Jesus as a disciple is a call to the kingdom of God, which often is in a complete opposition to the forces of evil and darkness that are at work in the world. And if you believe at all that, that, that there are forces of evil and darkness that would love nothing more than to see our relationships torn down, to see people destroyed, and to see the, the church of Jesus just swept under the rug then you understand that the call to live in the light is often a call to stand against great opposition and can be a life of great challenge and difficulty. Too often, I've suggested we come to God as the cosmic vending machine in the sky, and if we pull the the religion lever, all the goodness is going to come out, and then we just say, yay, isn't God good? And we don't recognize that, that there's a cosmic war for the souls of mankind, and God invites us to be a part of the light. As we enter the kingdom of God that comes through Jesus Christ, we're invited to follow Jesus' example and to live in the power of God, to be light in the darkness and to see lost people found and hurting people helped. Also, as we recognize that this walk is a walk of challenge and difficulty, we also recognize that it's not a walk that any of us can do alone. That's what church is about too, right? We're invited to walk this journey with Jesus together. God has given us as gifts to one another because I've always said Christianity is a team sport where everybody plays. You can't be a follower of Jesus and be a bench sitter because you have to be walking. You have to walk the talk. You have to walk with Jesus and you have to follow where he's going. And if you're not getting off the bench and getting in the game and part of the team and playing your part, you're not really living the life that God has called you to live in discipleship to Jesus. But walking together is often easier said than done too, right? Anytime you get two people in the room, what have you got? Conflict. 
<laughs> right? I mean, you don't have to have had any relationship for very long, whether it be a friend or a spouse or a parent and child, to know that if you get two people together, eventually there's going to be conflict. There's going to be difficulty. And if we don't learn that conflict and difficulty isn't always a bad thing, then we run away from it rather than working through it and allowing that experience of difficulty and challenge to deepen our relationship, to grow our maturity, and to allow us to learn what it means to truly love each other in spite of our differences. That's why Paul says that walking worthy of the calling that God has given us requires humility and gentleness and patience and love. Now, let me just think about those four words, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Are those the four words that you would say come to mind as you look at the way that our culture is relating and talking with one another today? (laughs) No, it's polar opposite, right? I mean, if you listen to cable news or you go on the the internet and you listen to social media and you see how people are talking with one another, they are not humble, they are proud. They are not gentle, they are harsh and attacking. They are not patient, they are quick to judge and quick to speak. And and, and as a result, we, we don't experience what love is really like and we're losing a sense of connectedness as human beings in our culture. And see, we are invited to to live the polar opposite of the very culture that is emerging around us. You see, if you think about what humility is, it really is to to think of others before yourself, right? Uh, Gentleness is to, to not be harsh or to be critical with one another. Or another passage, the way Paul says it, is to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. We don't have to be harsh and critical with each other to share the, the truth of our heart and what we think and what we believe. Patience is being slow to anger and slow to speak. It's, it's the ability to endure conflict and difficulty and annoyance with grace. I, I, I mean, we annoy each other, don't we? I mean, let's just be honest with each other. The, the more we get to know each other, the, the deeper our love, the more we know how to push each other's buttons, Right? And so what Paul is saying is that the more loving we want to be and the more we want to be in it together, the more patient we have to be to to not be so reactionary when we find ourselves in opposition or in conflict, but to work through those things because on the other side of that, we discover how to truly love each other in spite of our differences. Bearing with one another in love is what Paul says, which is kind of an odd phrase for us, right? We bury one another in love. I mean, he's saying we just learn how to put up with each other. Because we love each other. Because we don't focus on those small idiosyncrasies, those pet peeves that, that we, that we want to criticize each other about. We, we allow those things to be worked through because we talk about them and we work through them. And on the other side, we learn how to live together in harmony because we love each other. This is the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated for us. The Bible calls it agape love. It's unconditional love. It's it's not love because you love me. It's I'm going to love you in spite of whether you love me or not because that's why God has loved us. And it's that love that motivates us to live out these characteristics. I would say these characteristics of God's heart of humility and gentleness and patience. And see, it's in our commitment to live into these things together that, that, that in our relationships with one another that cause us to make every effort, as Paul says it, to live in the unity of the Spirit. And, and the other piece that I think we need to take away from here is that, 
it takes intentional energy and personal investment in order for all of us to stay and keep in unity of the Spirit. See, because it's really not out of our own strength and power that we can do this. It's as we come to allow the Spirit into our lives to empower us to live out the characteristics in the heart of God with one another that we begin to see the unity of of our shared life together emerge. It's a spiritual gift and a spiritual reality of life in the Spirit. See, unity among God's people is something that's given as a gift by God and not something we can create on our own. But it requires our willingness to live into it and allow God to do that work in us. Paul says it is the experience of the bond of peace that comes through the Spirit. You know, think about the, the bond, the, it's the relational glue that keeps us together in spite of life's challenges and difficulties. Everything that we do to maintain our unity together comes from this core value of God's agape love, his unconditional love for us that he invites us to offer to one another. See, Paul gives great prominence to the word one, one body, one spirit, one hope to which you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Our theology about who God is in his oneness and in his unity, our, our theology about there being one way to heaven, Jesus Christ, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, our theology about what we believe as Christians is intended to, to inform our biography right? What we believe about God is intended to help us to understand how God's story becomes our story and becomes the story that we tell to share the good news of Christ with others. There's one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. See, when we realize that that this life of love that God invites us to live through these characteristics, the Holy Spirit comes and works through All of our experiences at church, all of our experiences as family at home, our experiences at work, and all of life becomes about serving and worshiping God. And it's not just one hour a week in church on Sunday morning. We can begin to see God at work blessing us and growing us, not only through times of healing and comfort, but also through times of challenge and, yes, even times of conflict and difficulty. To walk worthy of this calling requires humility and gentleness and patience and love. As we pursue these kinds of characteristics in our lives together at Faith Covenant Church, which we will need to do because there will be challenges ahead. You know, we have just launched into our new mission and vision, and there, there is going to be difficulties and confusion and, 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 and hurt feelings and, and all kinds of things that come whenever you get two people in the room? What if you put, you know, 200 people in the room? But we can navigate that if we have our focus firmly on the spirit and love of Christ in our hearts and how God invites us to share that with one another. Walking worthy of the calling we have received is what will allow us to live into this vision, to connect with God and one another, to grow in our faith and to grow in community and to serve God by serving others in his name. This morning, we have several uh, friends who have agreed to share some of their stories about how God is working in their lives, and we're going to have one for each of our uh, pieces of our discipleship pathway, connecting, growing, and serving. Uh, Cindy, our director of elementary children's ministry, is going to introduce our first guest who's going to come and share. 
Great. Good morning, everybody. Well, I'm really excited um, to introduce our new family, or first family to us this morning. Um, this is a family that I had the pleasure of meeting when their um, son was enrolled in Little Sprouts last year, and I got to know um, Deanna really well, and through her, got to know her husband, and I'm just really excited to see them uh, now attending here at Faith Covenant, and so I would like to welcome the Haywood family. They have three boys, Ethan, Jackson, and Cohen. <laughs> yeah, let's sit down. Thank you for doing that. Yes. This is like the town hall. We sit down. Right? Well, you guys, thank you so much for taking, uh, being willing to share with us this morning. Uh, as Cindy said, you guys got connected through uh, our Little Sprouts Preschool. But tell us a little more about what that experience was like and your journey into uh, getting connected with the Faith Covenant Church here. Um, well, originally, Brandon actually came here as a youth for a youth group, uh, which we didn't know in like the first few years of our marriage because just it had never come up. Um, but when we moved to Bonnie Lake, we were looking for a new preschool for our son. And I sent out a Facebook post and a, a person who actually attends here kind of wrote back and said, oh, you got to try Little Sprouts. And I talked to Cindy and she got us kind of connected. And um, during that year, I was also kind of having my own little like spiritual frustration with the church we were at and not feeling like my cup was being filled and so I kind of had a few talks and she said well just come to the graduation service we have little prizes for the kids and so we came um and honestly at that point Brandon and I had decided we were like we're going on a church journey we're gonna find a new church we're gonna try all these things we're gonna do it and we came here and um there was a preview lesson on the book of Galatians and about um spiritual freedom through grace and that was like took all this weight off our shoulders, and so it was like, we didn't want to just stop and start here, but, um, but we did, and it was a really nice fit for us. So. Yeah, so, um, gosh, what, I don't even know what year it was, but I think I was in seven, seventh or eighth grade, <laughs> and as a youth, you're reaching out. I didn't have, like, a, a real religious background, and uh, I met Greg, and I, my first thing in my mind was, when I came back here, I was like, that guy looks so familiar. Who is that? <laughs> Where's Brett? Because I remember this huge lumberjack. And then uh, Greg looks exactly the same, by the way. Um, <laughs> little Jesus in him. Um, but he, uh, and I was like, wow, this is, like, it's, it was just such, a, such an eye-opener. And then we got hooked on, the, hook, hooked on the Galatians, the book of Galatians. And then we went out, and it was like, well, like I think you always said, I don't want to like it. We called it the church world tour because we tried churches and only took two. So <laughs> we got hooked on the first, so... Nice work. <laughs> awesome. So as you began to connect here and uh, connect with God through the ministries of Faith Covenant Church, what was uh, your kind of experience in your personal life and at home as you were started attending here more regularly? Um, I would say that one thing I kind of forgot to say also to the first group was I wanted to mention that in this little process of like kind of, oh, we're going to check out these churches and stuff, um, we had a neighbor who said to us, oh, my boys go to vacation Bible school here. And she's like, oh, those people, they're real. They're true Christians. She's mm. like, they're amazing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of like an odd like thing. I'm like, why? I thought I was Christian, whatever. And I came here and that truly was how I felt like after talking to you guys. Um, but our boys are really enjoying coming here. We're not arguing in the morning to get up and go to church. And, um, you know, I used to say we were losing our religion on our way before because we'd be yelling, get in the car, get off the toilet, put your <laughs> shoes on. You know, and I'd be yelling at Brandon. I'm like, why aren't we in the car? We're going to be late. Because he, you know, is a little more relaxed about things than I was. And um, 
and so anyway, it, it feels good here. I mean, we had a late night last night um, at a Thunderbirds game, and, you know, our prayers last night, I was like, who's ready for church tomorrow? And it was 1030, and they're like, we are! I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of been um, a lot more positive experience mm. for us. Um, and then, you know, not going from the feeling like we had to be so religious and do all the things and check all the boxes, but really building that relationship. Um, and that's what sort of filled me back up. So. Awesome. And there's nothing really to add. I mean, we, our boys do. We have three boys, and eight, five, and three, and it's like chaos all the time. <laughs> I have more respect for my parents than ever now. But the idea is, like, now they're excited. They go to the, the I call it the kids' sessions. I shouldn't know the names, but rise and shine. See? That's why I keep her. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some other husbands out there, too. Um, but the idea is, you know, they, like, they, like, they look forward to getting their name badges. Like, what? Like, that's awesome. And then... You know, they come back and they learn something. Like, I actually sat on Cindy's thing this morning, and I'm like, oh, I never thought about a penny like that, but now I know. So, <laughs> if you get a chance to see it. But, um, and it's just, yeah. So, where, where have you seen, as you've been walking this journey with us here at Faith Covenant Church, where have you seen God show up, and how has you, have you felt like you've connected with God personally in a greater way as a, as a result of participating in worship here? Um, well, one of the things that I did... Um, in our, the previous church we were at, we weren't really very scripture-based, and we, we had Bibles. I grew up in that church, and I had Bibles all over our house. We have great-grandma ones. We had the ones I got when I was in high school, but we never opened them. They just sat there. They were beautiful, and they were very dusty, which made me feel like I was not using them properly because they shouldn't be dusty. Um, but since we've been here, I, I started one of the enrichment groups for a Bible study, and I literally would sit at the kitchen table, and I'd be like, I flipping open my Bible like I'm turning pages and I'm writing in here and I'm highlighting things and um and then I would you know be talking to Brandon about certain things check this out and read this and he's doing the same thing and he's taking pictures in his Bible during you know um during your messages and it's amazing I don't do it during church (laughs) anyway he's taking messages and it's been really nice because we feel a little bit more of a family focus and in those times that have been frustrating you know we can kind of take that pause and and take a deep breath and be like, hey, we're going through this for a reason. I think what we see, like, so we went to a more traditional church where it was, I knew it was going to happen, when it was going to happen, and how it was going to happen. It was like, you know, stand up, fight, fight, fight. I know, you know, you just know everything. <laughs> well, it just became so repetitive, and it's like, like she always says, fill my cup. And I'm like, we reached out on the service side, like, how do we serve? And we were volunteered at the church. I mean, I was running men's groups. We were doing all this stuff, but we weren't there. There was no connection. We were following religion. Like you mm-hmm. said just a little bit ago, we weren't following, we were following religion, not God. And then, so now it's like, all right, let's get reconnected. And I totally forgot what I was going to talk about after this. I had a good point. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's what it was. So like, the cool thing is when we're at home and I know we only have five minutes, which we already went over. Um, it already vibrated in my pocket. Um, but the idea was I, l- I look over and like we're downstairs, you know, the kids go to bed and we have our nine o'clock to 10 o'clock hour where we get to hang out. And it's like, I look over and she's reading her Bible. I mean, I ran out of notes. I wish the Bible came with extra pages that you can write in because I have so many. I've never written in my Bible. I mean, 34 years, and here we are now. I'm writing in my Bible. I know. I look younger. Um, but the idea is, like, when I'm watching TV, and I'm like, oh, check what's going on. Check out this plan. And she's like, shut up. I'm reading my Bible. And I'm like, sorry. But I think the, I think the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways. And it's like we sit here and we hear the message, and I'm like, when Pastor Kurt's talking or, or Pastor Dick and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, are, are you talking to me, God? Like, do I do that? Do I do this? And we know we got this opportunity to talk and I'm like, perfect. Get to have your attention right here. 
So appreciate well, thank, it. Thank you guys so much for sharing part of your story. We are excited and glad that you're here. Thank you. Uh, the next step on our discipleship pathway is growing, and we wanted to invite our very own Diane Benson to come and share a little bit about how God has been inviting her to grow in her spiritual life as a part of our ministries here. Diane, it's been fun to uh, be on the strategic planning team together and to uh, have you a part of this journey of developing a, a vision for where we're going and the action plans. Uh, what has excited you about being a part of this process in this season of life at the church? Well, welcoming new people like we just heard, that's mm -hmm. for one. Let me tell you, that's, it's going to be fun to be in groups with that couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but looking back on my own growth journey, since I'm on the growth part of this, um, I spent a lot of years going to church where I sat in the pews and listened to the service and um, left and went home. And I was a good person during the week, I thought, most of the time, but, but that was pretty much the extent of it. And um, when I decided that I wanted to, to do more than just listen, I had questions, and I wanted to discuss things. And there wasn't really that opportunity to do it during church. I can't raise my hand and say, I want to <laughs> have you expand on that. So then at, at Sumner Press, it was at that time, they were having women's Bible studies, and I was retired, so I had the time to go during the day. And so I started coming to the, the Bible studies, and I absolutely loved it. You could um, study, and you could talk, and you discussed, and you could ask questions, and you got to actually know people beyond just hello, and um, it was wonderful. And I'm still doing that. I still love my Bible study group. But even after a while of just the Bible study, you've learned a lot. There seemed like, I okay, now I need to do something. When you study God's life, you know that he didn't just talk. He did a lot of things, too. And so that was my next step, was to start saying volunteering and in the church and also out in the community. And um, I'm still on that growth pattern. I'm, God isn't finished with me yet. He's still <laughs> telling me there's things to do that he wants you to do. And um, that pretty much... In, in, what, in what way, uh, in this season of life, as you're walking with Jesus, have, have you found God challenging you to, to grow in maybe a new way? Well, he always tells you there's more that you're supposed to do. But one thing that I know that I am challenged on, and I, and I haven't mastered this completely, is when I am deciding I'm going to volunteer at something, or I am asked to, to help with something, I run it through my own mental filter. I say, okay, is this something I think I can handle? Is this something that I'm going to be comfortable doing? And those are the wrong questions. What I found that I need to do is when I'm asked to do something is to, first of all, pray about it. And then find out, is the Holy Spirit, is Christ through the Holy Spirit, nudging me to say yes and if I find that that's happening, then my answer has to be, yes, Lord, I'll do this. And as I said, first service, I think that's how I ended up now volunteering to help out with Rise and Shine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. 
announcements, great. What, what, as, as you've been through this uh, process with our team, maybe what's one way that you also feel maybe God has blessed you as a part of our church and being a part of this process? When, well, when I became a member of that committee, I only knew about half of them because there are a lot of first service people on that committee. I knew the ones from second service, but I didn't know the first service people. But you know, through that process, I find out I found out they are they're bright, they're smart, they're committed, and they're funny. And so it was it was a very interesting process that we went through, mm-hmm. very thorough. And um, what I found in any of the organizations that I have joined in this church or been part of in this church and any of the volunteer work I've done, that you start out thinking you're doing this because God asks you to and you're going to help someone. But it turns out that you are so blessed in return that you are giving up a little bit of your time, or maybe a lot of your time, to do this, but you are so rewarded by what comes back that it's a really worthwhile trade. Well, thank you so much for sharing part of your story. We are glad that you're here and serving us in that way. Thank you guys. Appreciate it, Diane. Uh, our, our last couple to share is uh, Josh and Katie Rule. You guys, there you are. Come on down. Woo-hoo. So, uh, Katie, you kind of in some ways grew up in the church. You were part of youth group a number of years ago, and you had uh, some time away from the church. And then you and Josh recently came back and pretty quickly jumped into serving, which is really the next step on our pathway. And Diane kind of just set us up perfectly for how serving can actually be a way that God uses to grow and bless us. So tell us a little bit about your journey back into the church and how you got into serving. Right, so we moved back from Minnesota, um, and then we had our son, and we decided, you know, we need to get back in the church, and we want a place for our son to be raised um, by a wonderful village, because we all know as mothers, it takes a village. Um, So we kind of did the world church tour, and it took us two churches as well, and, you know, I I figured if we're going to do this, we're going to do this, like, 100%. I'm not one to half anything, so I jumped in. I saw Kara, I'm like, yo, Kara, you need a leader? I'm your girl. <laughs> so I'm kind of like the yes person, and I feel like God has been tugging on me to put myself out there. And so that's kind of where I've jumped in. Awesome. The other thing that you guys both agreed to do as part of this uh, vision process was to uh, launch a pilot small group that we call are calling Momentum Groups to help us begin to experiment with Uh, How do we come together in community and do discipleship, walk this discipleship pathway together with trusted friends who can be on the journey together? So you guys launched a group uh, in the fall and are kind of continuing with that in the new year. What's that journey been like uh, for you guys with that group? Um, It's been awesome. Um, We have a couple couples that we get together with on a weekly basis and, you know, we're, we're growing together and we're learning more about each other and it's been I think a blessing for us to be able to come into church and say, hi, how are you doing? And not just the superficial, how's it going? I don't remember your name, but you're cool. Um, But it's been a great process, and we're very fortunate to be able to call upon those people when we need them the most. That that was uh, my biggest thing is 
she's more involved in the church, and I'm usually the one staying, keeping an eye on our three-year-old, uh, running around after him, and just so it, it it is great to actually get to know some guys and some other couples uh, with kids, and actually be able to say hi to people, and not just like you said, say hi to a face. Oh, I know you, but I don't know your name. So. Yeah, that's been my biggest thing. So as you guys have uh, plugged into the church, gotten involved in serving, uh, helped to, to launch a, a new momentum group, uh, where would you say you've seen God uh, working in you guys to help you uh, grow and feel like he's blessing you as a result of these places where you've connected and plugged in to serve? Well, I kind of had the verbal vomit at first service that I feel like God is challenging us or challenging me. And... I think it's great to be able to grow together and to figure out um, how to pray and to call upon God to lean us in a direction. So I I feel like we've become closer and more reliable and dependent on each other and God. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing part of your story. We are excited that you're here and appreciate the ways you're serving our community. Thanks. You guys appreciate that? Pastor Dick is going to come and uh, introduce our offering, and we just pray for God's blessing on our church as we move forward into this new season together. Absolutely. And before we do that, we've talked about Rise and Shine. We'd like to dismiss our children to Rise and Shine. Your leaders will be back there, so head on out to Rise and Shine for the uh, 15 minutes to the left. <laughs> and Rise and Shine is just one of our children's ministries, and it's because of your gifts of time and talent and finances that our children's ministries and all of our ministries take place, and we simply say thank you. Thank you. So we invite our ushers to come forward to receive our gifts and our offerings.